Hey guys, welcome back to the Impact Defense Podcast. Uh, we are joined again by Tim uh, from Cornered Hill, Fire, Cornered Hill Firearms Training. There you go, uh, that works too. <laughs> and uh, today we are going to be talking about training with a gun under pressure and safe ways of doing that and, and everything else. Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. We are dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now let's join our hosts, Brian, Jada, and Kylie. This podcast has been brought to you by Faith and Freedom Clothing. Faith and Freedom Clothing for all of your faith and freedom clothing needs. Faithandfreedomclothing.com. Now time for the news portion of the podcast with your host, me. This story comes from California, of all places. Wow. It says, a woman answered a knock on her door from her brother, asking her to come outside and talk to her father. Once outside, she was accosted by her ex-boyfriend, who had planned with her brother and father to kidnap her. Her ex-boyfriend attempted to force her into a vehicle. The ensuing commotion alerted a male resident to the threat, And he took up a pistol and fired a shot, causing the kidnappers to release the woman and flee in a waiting car. The assailants were caught by responding police as they fled the scene and were arrested on multiple charges. No one was harmed in the incident. Holy crap. Wait, so her dad? (laughs) We're all fine. You go, Brian. (laughs) So her, her dad and her brother were in on this? Yes. What kind of family is that? A a terrible one. <laughs> okay, right, so my, lady. my my thing here is he fired a shot. Where did he fire the shot? That That's no one what I'm injured? wondering. And how was no one injured? If he's a properly trained gun person, how was no one injured when he fired that shot? Was it a warning shot? Because I know Joe Biden says all you need is a double barrel shotgun, go out on the porch and shoot it and everyone will run. Well, that's illegal in all 50 states. So I'm sure he didn't fire a warning shot because as a responsible gun owner, I'm certain that he knows what the laws are in California. Quote, unquote, responsible, though. I think that's the problem. There you have it. There you have. There are so many problems with that situation, but man, was it a wild ride. (laughs) We could spend an hour on that alone. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes she'll bring up a a story that we end up spending some. She's had some very interesting stories she's found. A guy used a Cayman Cayman crocodile in self defense. Okay. As an improvised weapon. As an improvised weapon. Okay, so. Have you ever eaten Cayman? No, I have. <laughs> I've had I'll just allig- leave it with that. I've I had have, alligator, but I, have I haven't had Cayman before. I haven't. I said I've had alligator before, but I haven't had Cayman. I have eaten Cayman before with some of my friends, so we'll just leave it there. Yeah, but this dude like picked it up from right behind the head and the tail, and was like trying to get it to bite the guy. Okay, so no, I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was like, and then ate it. So. It was like a brawl on the beach in oh, what was Brazil? It? Brazil, <laughs> like right outside of Rio. Of course. And mm-hmm. the, the the two guys were brawling. One, um, 
like knocks the other down and he fell like right beside the alligator, like grabs it behind the head and like picks it up and starts shoving it at the guy. Now it is. Okay. That's, you know, that's an option. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is also a... Uh, I told her I wish that was on a podcast where we were already talking about improvised weapons because right, man, right. that has got to be one of the most creative improvised weapons um, I have ever heard of. Oh, there was also a, a teenage boy who was hanging out at his friend's house. It was like a 14-year-old or something. And um, the friend's mom goes and opens the door and like three dudes come in. One of them has a gun and is pointing at them like yelling some things. The woman's son comes out of the room and now they're yelling and screaming at him too with the gun. And then the kid's friend, who apparently is a quick thinker, grabs his friend's BB gun that's like a lever action. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he like goes and sits on the couch in front of the people, points it at them and goes, and they run away. Because they didn't realize it was a BB gun. (laughs) Do you? Do you know what happens when you come into my house with a gun and point it at someone? You shoot, die. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. I'm just, I'm just thinking that that 14 year old had like a flair for the dramatics. Because <laughs> it says in the news report that he sat down on the couch, points it at them, and it's just like, <laughs> and oh. they run away. Like that was that was bluffing at its best. <laughs> Oh, the fresh, crisp, clear sound of a fresh Pepsi opening. Tim is still trying to get a sponsorship with Pepsi. So, hey, you know. All right. right, What are we talking about today? So today we are going to talk about um, doing that stuff. You know, ADD moments. I'm trying to drink coffee. Training with firearms under pressure. That is it. Exactly. Oh, that's a good one. It is. It is. Um, so what what is your favorite way of doing some pressure training with, you know, w- with firearms? I stare at my student. And that, that is, usually does that it. is true. OK, <laughs> so <you> know, <laughs> the very first time I came to your class, I don't know if you looked at me and said, you know what? I just want to screw with that guy right there and just mess with his brain or what. <laughs> but there were not like a tremendous amount of us in the class and we had an odd number. So one of us was either going to be in a group of three or something. And that's what he said originally. We get out to the range and he goes, no, I'm changing my mind. Brian, you're going to be my partner. It's like, what the freak are you story? doing, Tim? <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I was like, that was one of those situations where I was like, I think, like, I, I think he liked me. Just, I think we kind of clicked and we talked <laughs> yeah. and kind of, you know, in a manly sort of way. Not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> but when I, let, let me, let me say this. When, uh, when my sister met her husband, uh, the first time I ever met him, we just clicked and, and got along really well. And, uh, and somebody went and told my sister, you know, you might want to reevaluate this because Tim likes him. So <laughs> you just may want to reevaluate this altogether. I'll leave it with that. Go ahead. But, you know, in, in the point of that, you're standing there staring at me as I'm trying to do my warm up, warm up shots. Yeah. 
you know, that military thing really comes out, that, that does add a lot of pressure <laughs> in that moment. And I do. I stare at my students when they're shooting because I'm not watching the target. Yeah. Uh, You you know, a good instructor is going to watch that gun and watch what that hand is doing. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. And that may make the student uncomfortable. And a lot of times I think it it does because, you know, that and that that is the difference in, in a real instructor. They will be watching the hand of the shooter and they'll be watching the gun they'll not be looking down at the target. Now there's times I will glimpse down at the target, you know, but you're going to be focused on that gun and what that student's doing. So. Yep. Now let's talk about this. We're talking about adding pressure, right? Yeah. Can you do any type of training that does not include live fire that would be worthwhile? Simulator training. What kind of simulator? Judgmental (laughs) simulator. Let's talk about that. Brian, <laughs> you shot the judgmental simulator in some of my training before. Yes. How did that go for you? Uh, well, I very quickly ordered one myself so I could then improve my own shooting and also that of my students. I, I saw the value in that so very quickly. Um, I think the first the very first time I did it, I'm not going to lie. I think it was dumb luck. No, it was. Let me tell you this story. So I don't think I ever told you this story. So I had just taught um, probably a week or two prior, taught a class on getting to your gun under pressure and cutting Mm -hmm. the 21 foot rule. Okay. We're sitting there and I had just taught a four hour seminar for people with already has their concealed <laughs> carry permits on how to break and draw under that pressure of somebody running at you from 21 feet. Right. I come into your class and I don't remember <laughs> which class this was, but it was, it was one of the classes this is the first time I, we, we broke out the, the simulator and you're making everybody go. And I was sitting there trying to do like I did in school and just like fade into the background. Cause I didn't want to be mm-hmm. the person up there. And he looked at me and said, Brian hop up here. And I was like, all right, crap. So I jumped up there and you said, have you ever heard of the tooler drill? I had never heard it referred to as the tooler drill. You had so me turn around. Lie. So I did not lie. I was like, no, okay. I have no earthly idea. I turn around and there is a dude on the simulator standing. And I looked, I thought that looks about 21 feet away. (laughs) And I was like, Oh, Holy crap. So when you hit the button and it started and that guy started running, I immediately sidestepped drew and shot him like four times. And he was like, Mm -hmm. that was awesome. And I thought it was, but I probably could not replicate that on anything else because I just got finished actually training a bunch of other people to do this very same thing. (laughs) So that's cool. That's a good story. So how'd the rest of the simulator stuff go? Oh, no, a lot of that kind of other stuff I sucked at. But, you know, <laughs> that one was awesome. Uh- <laughs> so did you feel any stress or pressure during those simulator drills? Absolutely. I you felt don't- stress, and pre- stress and pressure the entire time I was in your class. Me too. There you go. And before. But see, there like should be. Three weeks. Every time you train, there should be an amount of stress or pressure, right? Yeah. There should be because out on the street, you're it's going to be there. So yeah. you want to try and incorporate that somehow into your training. 
So we had, uh, if I'm thinking of the right class that you were in, we had some spec war guys in there as well, we did. right? Yeah. And some of them that I had trained with and known before. And uh, and how did how did they perform? You know, in all honesty, if we're talking about the the one that was it was like a week long, mm-hmm. we were doing all that training. Right. I was I was really really shocked at how the pressure got to everybody that week. That was a That's very right. long, hard week. So even even somebody that was doing some special forces type stuff right. uh, started to crack under the pressure, which really kind of shocked me. That the pressure, even even on something like a simulator, it, is it 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 can get to you, and I'm, I'm kind of shocked at that, honestly. Yeah. So um, so that that's a good thing though, right? Because yeah. You have to you have to understand when when you're having to use a firearm to defend yourself, it's not like you're at the range standing and shooting at paper, right? right. You're in a combat situation and you're going to have physiological, uh, emotional, all, all kinds of stuff. You're going to have uh, auditory exclusion, time dilation, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you're going to have uh, less. Uh, your muscles are going to tighten up. You're not going. You're going to have less flexibility. There's all kinds of things that are going to start happening to you in that situation. And if you can train and train with a, a amount of stress involved, it's going to help you when the real thing happens. Yep. And of course, when the real thing happens, you're not going to know whether you can perform or not until it actually happens. Right? Exactly. That's just the way it is. And you may or may not experience some of those physiological and psychological effects. You may or may not. And so that's, that's, that's a tough one because tell me how much sleep did you have the night before? What were you thinking about earlier today? What's on your mind? All of this stuff is going to come into play on how stress affects you. Yep. So that's why I always try and incorporate a little bit of it in as much as I can into my training sessions with my, especially when we're going into the advanced shooting stuff, like what we were doing, the advanced yeah. stuff. So. Yep. I am. Um, I was amazed when starting off, you said, I've got this really cool simulator. I'm going to pull this thing up and we're going to do shoot some of these things and everything. I was really kind of shocked at the amount of pressure that we felt and how much that actually helped improve our regular shooting, mm-hmm. like our actually live fire shooting. Right. Um, so that kind of, I, I was, I was really shocked and, I, and really impressed enough. So where I immediately started like putting money back because we got <laughs> to set this up the system, right? Yeah. It is not an inexpensive system, but boy, is it worth having, right? I mean, well, look at what you can do with your students. And there, and look, ammunition is expensive today. Exactly. And especially, okay, so I'm going to pull something out here, okay? Yep. So this is a training right. firearm, okay? But especially when, and it has an infrared beam that comes out of, out of the tip. It's not mm. going to shoot anything but an infrared beam. So you guys on the other side of the studio, clear out. So whenever we are... Uh, using the judgmental simulator, this is my gun of choice to use because mm. you're not just shooting a laser because I found two things when people shoot the laser, when we're doing the simulator stuff, one, they start walking the laser up subconsciously. So if they miss their target, they see their brain sees where they miss yep. and they start walking it up. 
With the infrared, they don't see the impact, but we see it on the computer, right? Yep. The other thing is a typical laser gun, like a CERT pistol, does not have recoil. Yep. This gun has recoil. So I'm going to just go ahead and fire it off and watch it'll recoil. Really yep. nice, right? So you're getting that recoil and the student is getting a much more realistic experience. Yep. You guys can go back now. So we, um, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we, we've really started to incorporate that more and more in a lot of our stuff as well. Um, basically now when we teach concealed carry, I make everybody do a pretest on the simulator before we even take everybody out to the range. Um, I think a safety test as well. Yeah. We make sure people can handle the gun safely and Mm -hmm. and everything. And it's just that come into play because, you know, we had some safety issues once we hit the range and we wanted to eliminate those before we ever got there. So we have to, they have to prove that they can handle it safely. And then they have to prove that they can shoot it virtually before they actually go to the range. So when I'm running my advanced uh, shooting classes, as you know now, you run every drill that you're going to run on the range, you run in studio, right? So we get it set up and you run all of those those advanced shooting drills now on the simulator before we even hit the range. So first of all, you have seen them, you're familiar with them, and any dangerous things or something stupid that you might want to do we're doing with a simulator, not out on the live range the first time. Yep. So uh, I'm going to tell you that thing is worth its weight in gold. It really is. And it also, it does. The amount of pressure that your students will feel while training with that is pretty darn cool. You know, it's, it's more than you would think. Yeah. And you know, I've had more than more people than I would expect to come through, hear about it and say, Oh, it's, it's 500 bucks. I think I'll pull, I'll, I'll, you know, pull the trigger on that and get one Uh, Mm -hmm. pun, not intended, but anyway, (laughs) um, well, it's 500 for the basic marksmanship. It's not for the, all the add-ons, you know, right. Right. I mean, you're going to have a few grand into it by the time you're done. If you're, I've got a few grand into it. Yeah. I I know I do, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, when just kind of, but you know, I tell everybody it's like $500 to get started with it and you got those, those 10 things. Um, so if, if you guys are interested in listening to the podcast, you can find a link to this in the description, by the way. Um, so that, that will, and you can go to laser, I think it's laserammo.com, right? Right. Um, yeah, it's called smokeless range. So, but use the podcast link because we get a little bit of a kickback. There you go. I got to get involved with that. I, 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 I probably sold 20 of those things for these people. Yeah. I guarantee you sold a lot more. I got it. You're the, you're the king of kickbacks, you know? You would think <laughs> me being from where I'm from, you know, it, hey, it fell off the truck, right? But no, I get no kickbacks for anything I endorse. Pepsi. <laughs> also, if you can't put down the 400 and some dollars on that recoil-enabled gun, which is awesome, we have one as well. Uh, and they can make use, rifles for them, too. I know. You can so, use the CERT pistol. Uh, they, and they do work. Yeah. We use that in classes as well. Um and, you know, go to CERT Pistol, S-R-R-T Pistol.com and use the coupon code Impact Defense gets 10% off. Uh, you got you to show me how you do that. You're <laughs> making some money. Well, I can tell you this, Tim. We, we, we make a little bit, usually enough to keep the podcast going, but we don't make a whole lot with these things. I don't care. Yeah, I Any know. money is money and therefore good. Yeah. Right? Let me quote Socrates, right? 
all or was it Plato? It was one of them. Uh, all learning is knowledge and therefore good. I think yeah. it was Socrates or Socrates if you're Bill and Ted, but <laughs> go ahead. So, all right. So outside of using something like a simulator, what kind of things other than having somebody stare at you while you're shooting, uh, which actually really does work and produces some stuff. How can we safely practice pressure uh, with a live firearm? I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, there was a, um, there was a clip going around the internet of a guy who started out, they were standing on a range and he started out with a gun to his head and he grabbed the gun and moved it to the side. And then it went off. This was in a training class this guy was doing. This is an instructor who did this. He was doing a gun disarm. And he grabbed it, moved it to the side, and the trigger was pulled. The gun goes off. He ripped it out of the guy's hand, turned around, racked a new round, punched it out, and shot. I didn't show you the video of this. So that was done live fire. Now, it came out that that instructor had accidentally shot one of his students before. How he was not in jail is beyond me. So well, we, look at the guys up in Pittsburgh, not this summer, the summer before, right? Teaching urban tactical training. And the instructor put one right in the throat of one of his students. That's right. I remember you telling us. About that. This is why I'm, this is why I say all the time, find a competent, real instructor. Yes. Not, not Bubba or Joey or whoever, you know, find yeah. somebody that is certified, knows what they're doing, and has the credentials behind their name. I feel like if you walk in the door and they don't ask you the condition of your weapon or ask to see it, it's already a red flag. <laughs> yeah. This is why, again, this is why in my, when I'm teaching basic concealed carry, this is why they use my guns and my ammo. Because yeah. as many times as I would say, no single action revolvers. Okay, people bring a single action revolver. Oh, as I long as I, as many times as I said, no live firearms in the classroom. There's, there's, there's over there in the corner with, with his, you know, 45 single action semi-automatic fully <laughs> loaded with the hammer back. And well, the safety's on. <laughs> yeah. And yep. why are you carrying a 45 anyway? Because it don't make a 46, right? <laughs> that kind of guy, right? Yep. We've had plenty of those guys, the guys come through. <laughs> Let me ask you a question real quick. Yeah. Um, since we're talking about training and stress and everything, what is the percentage of male to females in your classes? Um, oh, it goes back and forth. Yeah, overall, though, what would you think? Um, so far we've had more females than yeah. males. Yeah, I think we've Have had you more. really? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say it's about 60-40 for me, 40% female, but that's still a good high portion. I'm, I'm really yeah. pleased with that. Yeah. That more females and more females are wanting to get this kind of training. So. so what I'm loving, and it's not always, but what I'm loving is of the ones that come through my class, or the females that come through my class, they are probably more likely to come back and get training, get more mm -hmm. training. And the guys. Yeah. Oh, right. Gosh, I love that now, one lady. <laughs> oh, we, yeah, we got a few that we absolutely adore. I'm not going to lie. But, like, it seems like most of the guys that come train with us, they've already had their concealed carry for, you know, through somebody else. They'd already had it somewhere else and everything. And then they just learned that, hey, these guys do a lot of, like, like realistic type stuff and 
I don't want to say that to, you know, we do everything safely, uh, but you know, we're, we're actually training people to actually shoot uh, in a real defensive situation instead of just, you know, like, Oh, here's a piece of paper, shoot it. You right. know? Right. So, you know, the guys seems, it seems like that's guys that have gone off. They've learned with uh, Joe blow over here and all he's done is put a gun in their hand. Right. And, and, and I'm not trying to discredit other guys that do concealed carry, but I find there's, uh, there's a few different types of people who teach concealed carry. And one of those types is simply the type that thinks that if you have a gun in your hand or a gun in your pocket or a gun in your waistband or wherever, that you're safe. And that's one of the big things that we stress around here that is that just because you have a gun with you doesn't make you safe. That's correct. You actually have to understand how to use it and use it under pressure. So that's we've gotten a lot just from that. So talking about, uh, okay, so uh, other than the, that, that you just mentioned with the gun to the head, uh, so, some ways that you could employ stress or stress-like symptoms yeah. is have your students do, and, and of course, you have to really vet your students at this point, right? Oh. But whenever I'm doing any type of advanced shooting or tactical shooting or something like that, I am my students are fully vetted. That I know they know what they're doing with a gun. Right. Uh, but you also have to be concerned about health considerations and things like that, but you could have them run wind sprints. Having them run wind sprints is going to jack up their blood pressure. It's going to get their heart rate moving. So it's, they're going to have some more realistic physiological symptoms or, or things going on than just standing in front of a piece of paper and shooting. Yep. So that's one thing. Another is uh, maybe have them do some sit-ups and push-ups beforehand. Mm-hmm. That's going to simulate, uh, uh, the, the muscles being more tight in the arms and tensing up and being yeah. a little sore and that because that's all stuff that's going to happen as well. So there's a number of different ways that you can induce, not necessarily induce stress, but induce stress like symptoms, which in essence is inducing stress. Right. We've um, taken <clears throat> and incorporated noise into it because mm-hmm. noise is a big factor. Um, we've had people training with the cert pistol indoors where we have taken, well, being a martial arts studio, we have these kick paddles and when you couple them together, it's really loud. It's, it comes close to a gunshot, especially in a concrete room with no windows. Right. Um, and so, so I've been in one of those, bang those together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll take and bang those together while they're having to run a drill, like mm-hmm. with moving and shooting. Now that that is back on though, we're using something like a cert or one yes, of the. Yes, uh, I already said cert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah, my bad. It's like when we're training in here in this yeah. building okay. and using a cert pistol, we'll incorporate noise and things like that. So, fun story. I I realized how how much that sounded like a um, a gunshot when we were actually training. Uh, a school asked us to come out. Not for gun. Not not, not for, for gun, gun stuff. Mm-hmm. come out and do something with some kids after school one time. I was like, yeah, love to do something like that. I come out there. They only invited me one time um, because when I was out there, I was trying to get everybody's attention. And I, I took the, those paddles and went bang, bang, bang. When I did, like half the kids hit the floor because I thought a gun was going off. Wow. Yeah, that's a good thing to do at a school. I know. It was, it was just a really great moment. Uh, well, before that, my, like we weren't me. really doing gun training stuff. Like he, I don't know that you were a firearms instructor at that. No, time. that was that was several years back. That um, was several years back. So we had only ever used those kick paddles in training in here when we needed to get people's attention. And so when you did it right. at school and it echoed, 
Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, that could have been interesting. <laughs> yeah, kids were hitting the floor. Teachers were looking at me like I was a horrible person. It was a really fun day. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. So do you ever incorporate um, competition amongst your students for pressure? You know what? I have not, but that's a great idea. I did that. Uh, I had a particular group of very talented shooters come through a class. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was, we went through the drill. We flew through the drills. They all had extra ammo. Um, So what I did was, have you ever seen the dot torture drill? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I always have that drill in my back pocket Mm -hmm. Um, and it's 50 rounds. And I said, does everybody have, still have 50 rounds with you? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah. I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pull this out. Uh, we're going to do dot torture. But right now, out of 50 rounds, everybody has to set a goal. And your goal is to beat everybody else in the class. Uh, out of 50 rounds, how many rounds are going to be in the circles? I had one guy. He was a competitive shooter. He, he was doing it. Uh, and then his buddy. And his buddy... The competitive shooter told me his buddy shot normally better than he does. Mm-hmm. So I looked at the competitive shooter. I said, all right, what's your goal? You got to set a goal first and you're going to try to beat everybody else in the class. Now, one thing I will never do competitive wise, I, w- I will not make people do things for speed really competitively. That one scares me a little bit because I'm afraid. What if you have somebody that's just really not there and they push it and they hit that trigger entirely too soon and accidentally shoot themselves. Right. The you know, but as far as just for accuracy and stuff like that. And um, the competitive shooter looked at me and said, I want 40 out of 50. It's like, great. His buddy looked at me and says, 25. I said, so your goal is 50%? So I gave him a rough time. But yeah, everybody, everybody in the entire class set a goal. And then we all shot. And I shot too. And um I was that that was really interesting. It was the first time that I introduced like any kind of competition within the class. That is really cool. I think I'm going to try that in one of my classes. Yeah, that's uh, pretty I, cool. I that's a good that. idea. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and since then, I've done it a couple couple more times. When I have a decent group of shooters, mm-hmm. like, okay, we're gonna we're going to incorporate some competition here. Okay, and I always make them set themselves a goal, and I always make them like, okay, you're trying to outshoot everybody else. That is really cool. That's a great idea. That is a great idea. Okay. I'm going to figure out some type of competition for some of my classes coming up. Uh, if you so what, what else for stress? That's a great idea for stress, though. That's yeah, a great idea. I, I, love competition. That. I love that. So what about uh, multiple targets? Do, do you incorporate multiple targets? Because that, that'll induce an, an amount of stress. Yes. I mean, do you, you know, incorporate different shot zones on those multiple targets. Uh, so if you remember, we did a drill called El Presidente one time mm-hmm. where your back is to your targets. There were three targets. You spin and you got to put two in the chest, one in the head on each of the three targets. Yep. And you had, I think it was six seconds to do that. Yep. So time, that's another thing. That mm-hmm. is the biggest thing that will yeah. incorporate yeah. stress. Yeah, doing things time. Over time. That and really when you have a, I think, do I have it here? Ah, no, I put it in the back. Uh, when you have a timer, a shot clock, mm-hmm. and they hear that thing go off, trust me, they start getting stressed. 
It's just no, true. we've seen it. Um, there's a stage on one of the things we incorporate in concealed carry that gives you a full 30 seconds to do five shots, change mags, five more shots. And you'd be surprised. Like, it's, it's amazing how many people hear, I only have 30 seconds. And then they try it's an to eternity with 10 shots and fumble and, yeah. and get freaked out. I'm like, okay, do you understand how long 30 seconds is? Right. But they, they oh gosh, yeah. Look, we do uh in one of my one of my classes, we do a, a basically a build drill, right? So it's uh shoot six, drop the mag, reload, shoot six. You have 14 seconds. Mm-hmm. People freak out when you yep. say time. 14 seconds is a long time yep. to do that. You know, yep. we're shooting that build drill at like seven yards. And, uh, you know, you, you got to hit the A or C zone. And, you know, I'm stressing them, telling them they all got to be in the A. But, you know, I'll take a C zone shot or whatever. But, God, you tell them time and hit this area, they yeah. freak out. Yep. I had uh, I had a group of people I was training one time, and they just had a mental block. The whole group could not do it, and so one of them finally, you know, said, "Fine, you do it," and and I did it, and it was, you know, it was beautiful. I, shooting, I know, beautiful shooting, I know, it was beautiful, right? Yeah. Uh, but no, it was it was it was good. And then after they saw that it could be done, then they all did it. Yeah. But sometimes your students get so wound up with stress that they get that block. And that's why we as instructors have to be constantly training as well. That that is true. I am okay. Um, I'm trying to make sure I say this correctly. So you and I, uh, we have I have learned a lot from you, and then you and I actually went and took a class together. And we did. I, I was um <laughs> We won't say what organization or who, but we did take a like class that. together. Let's just say that I was I was rather shocked at the the instructor and the their unwillingness to shoot in front of their students, um, yeah. and you know willingly so. I mean, you know they they brought it out, said, "Look, we're just I don't shoot in front of my students, um, and when I have shot in front of my students, I've disappointed them because they thought I was going to shoot a whole lot better." And uh, there was even a point in the back part said like, well, if I had to shoot this, I would probably fail. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. You're an instructor, freaking train. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? No, uh, I, I, know, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, when and where. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I, that, that particular experience was kind of odd for me because I kind of felt a little bit singled out in that one. And, uh, no, I I agree. Yeah. I kind of felt a little, little bit singled out in that particular class, but I mean, I killed it, you know, but that's because I trained. So I should be, I should be able to walk into any class at any time, no matter who's teaching it or what it is and kill it. And because I'm a real instructor and real instructors train, right? Exactly. I told uh, good so I instructors train. Let me put it that way. Good instructors. Train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you can be a real instructor, just not a real good instructor if you don't. There you go. Uh, That's but, like uh, uh, instructor Earl. Are you a real instructor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So okay. I, I, I've told my students that story several times because in that one moment when um, you were you were shooting and the instructor looked and said something about like speed and you said, oh, you want faster? And just like bang, 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 bang. And all of them were great in there. I was like, yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> just... and, and I even said, I said, would you like to reshoot the whole course faster? <laughs> Yep, because nothing was said about speed until the fact that you were killing the the shooting. Right, oh, speed it up. So, okay, fun times, fun times. So you wanted something to whine about. Yes, yeah, it was it was one of those situations. But uh, it's both something to laugh about and cry about at the same time. It, so. it is. Um, I've trained with some really good instructors. I've trained with a few really crappy instructors. Yeah. Um, um, some people that I think don't live up to what they are teaching. And that's something that I cannot stand. If you're going to teach it, and that's something I was telling my wife, I don't remember what we were doing one day. Uh, we were heading out somewhere and I grabbed my gun and I threw it on. And Julie's like, man, you just carry that gun everywhere. I said, well, like I train people to carry a gun. Right. And I need to live what I am teaching because I don't want to be one of the instructors who tells everybody to do these things and then doesn't actually do it yourself. Oh, God. And you talk about stress. Your average student, you know, your, your concealed carry person that comes through your class, your average student, this is probably a question that you get all the time. Should I carry one in the chamber? Yes. I get that question all the time. Yep. And then there's inevitably two or three people out there. Yeah. But no, no, that's not the answer. Yes, automatically. The answer is, do I carry one in the chamber? Yeah, you better believe I do, right? Yeah. Do I think everyone should? Yes, you should be at the point where you should. Mm-hmm. But if you're not comfortable, then you're going to do something stupid with that gun, Yeah, right? And I get it. Carry, with, if you're carrying a gun and don't have one in the chamber, it's, it's useless to you. I get that, right? Yep. You're not going to have time under all that stress and pressure to be able to put one in the chamber and then put your shot on target. When I think we've talked about in a previous podcast, you know, you have one and a half seconds to make this, all these, all these things happen statistically. And so, and then when you look at FBI statistics, uh, the average highly trained combat vet, you know, you're talking to your spec war guys. Um, FBI statistics show that their hit miss rate statistically is 50% in a combat situation. Yep. The average cop on the street statistically, and again, these are FBI statistics, so don't troll me and don't, I'm just giving you what, what's out there. The average cop on the street, uh, according to FBI statistics, their hit miss rate is 15% in a combat situation. The average untrained civilian is 2% or less. Yep. That's you don't want to be that average untrained civilian. I used to show a video in one of my classes and you know, you change your computer over the years and you lose stuff and I've lost it, but it was two knuckleheads with 45s because they don't make 46s in an elevator. They drew down on each other and both walked out of the elevator because they completely missed each other. Now you're talking in an elevator and they both completely missed an entire magazine full of shots. Yeah. <laughs> what good does carrying one in the chamber do me when I'm that bad? Yeah. Y- you know? That's the truth. Ears had to be ringing, though. 
I but know. that just shows you what stress will do to you too, right? Yeah. Look yeah. at how close they are in an elevator, and the stress was so high off the charts that they couldn't even hit each other. Yep. No, I mean, I, it I, took real talent to miss that many shots. That's the truth. <laughs> I tell I tell the students those statistics every time they come through a concealed carry class. And then another thing, I don't know if you've ever seen it. There is a security footage from a gas station where a guy draws a gun. He's sitting in the driver's seat of his car. Another guy had opened the driver's door and was like beating him and and trying to hurt him. And the concealed carry permit holder grabs his gun, pulls it out and takes shots and misses him. And this guy's halfway in his doorway, you know, at a gas station, at a gas station. Yeah. And that's went through. It went through the back of somebody else's window. In the car, and you know, I point out to them all the time. I said, if there was a kid sitting in that back seat, that kid would have been dead. I have a uh, instructor friend of mine that I've I've trained, and he's really good. He was out on the range, and a woman started shooting, and just got so stressed that she was shooting, and she was shooting right-handed, and she started shooting, and just kept pulling the trigger, and the gun was riding back. And oh, he was telling me, he said. I caught her hand right before that gun went in front of my head. Mm. And, you know, some students just get stressed out, you know, and that's bad stress, really bad stress when they're that stressed. Yeah. So I think the thing is, as an instructor, we have to really kind of build that stress. So it's a little bit of stress and then a little bit more and then a little bit more. So they kind of get used to it. One of the analogies that we use when we're doing like a lot of hand to hand stuff Mm -hmm. is, we put people under stress on purpose in training because we want people to um, it's just like riding a roller coaster. You go up a roller coaster, you come down the really big hill and they take the picture and your face is all like scared to death and everything on that picture. The first time you go back and again, you go back again, by the fifth time you're smiling at the camera and pointing because right. you know the camera is, and you're used to that level of stress. So that's kind of the point here. It's, when I was doing a combative certification, uh, so as a, as a certified combatives instructor, entry hand combatives instructor, I was in this training and it was several days long also. And I watched some people that have never done stress training before go through the stress training and people that are talented, you know, defenders. Right. Have never actually done it under stress and was, and just failed and flunked out of the whole program because they could not handle the stress of it all. And it makes a huge difference because if you freeze up, it's not, you know, it doesn't matter what you have on you. That's a fact. That's a fact. So, you know, and I know I'm kind of looking at this from an instructor point of view, but as an instructor, we need to induce stress on our students because that stress is going to be out there live on the street, right. Or in your home or, or whatever the case may be. But um, there's a certain amount of stress that we, people- put on themselves. Yeah. I, go train with an instructor that's going to put some stress on you because they know how to do it. You know? you'd be, you'd, but you don't want to overstress the student to the point where they're losing control of everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I never, I try my best to never stress the student to the point of failure. It's stressing them to the point of taking them closer and closer to that line. So that line keeps moving up. Right. Right. And that's what, that's what you want to do, because you, you want them to get to the point where that amount of stress that would have overloaded them in the beginning is now 
playtime for him. You, yeah. you know, you like you get to the point where you like feeling that certain amount of stress. It almost becomes competitive. Yep. Yep. And that's another thing I tell people to go out and do a um, some type of pistol competition. If you're going to carry a handgun. A real situation is going to have a lot of stress. Go out and do a pistol competition. Mm hmm. You know, that puts you under a certain amount of stress that you've got to kind of get used to. Competition stress still is, is a good stressor. You know? Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, you've seen me shoot before. Yes. And so, you know, I, I, can, I can handle a gun, right? <laughs> I can handle yes. a gun. But it would stress me out to shoot a competition. It would. Yeah. Because I don't shoot comp. I've only shot one competition in my life. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, I've always focused more on defensive shooting and, and, right. and that type of thing. Uh, but for me to go out and like I said, I, you know, I'm okay. But if I were to go out and, 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 and uh, competitive shoot, I'd probably get my butt handed to me because I'd be so stressed out. They're two totally different animals. They are. But I think it's that, it is that stress inoculation though, still, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really, I really like, um, about it, you know, and I've only, I've not done much and, but I want to do more because of that, that stress, that level of stress. And I'm just a super competitive person. I'm just not, you know, just going to be honest. Um, it's the reason I fought. It's the reason I've done a lot of that kind of stuff is because I'm just really competitive. Um, so, so I've got a buddy of mine that I train, but I highly doubt you can get your butt handed to you though. What's I, that now? I, I said, I've seen you shoot. I, I highly doubt you would get your. No, no, I'm telling you in a competition. I probably would. <laughs> it's, a whole, it's a whole different animal. I, I got a buddy of mine who's really big in three gun nation. I, I mean, you know, he's like a grandmaster or whatever. And um, I was putting him through some of, some of my drills and, and I put him on the, uh, I actually put him live on the tooler drill, not on the simulator. Mm -hmm. And, uh, have you ever done, you've done that live with me before, right? Where some, yeah, I know you have, but you probably don't remember it, but we do a live version of the tooler drill, but the person is not running at you. They're running away. Running away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So my buddy, I put through the live version of the tooler drill and when he stopped, you, you know, cause you got to get two shots on My requirement is you get two shots on target. And when he saw how far the other person had gotten, he was like, okay, that's the first time I ever did that, right? So then we did it again with him. And the person was still like way further than 21 feet, you know, yeah. probably 20 yards, right? Yeah. And then he's starting to get mad now because he's thinking, okay, this is just him screwing with me, right? But so even if you shoot all the time, but you only shoot a certain way, mm -hmm. that's not helping you. It's not right. helping you. Yep. You know, I mean, for me to go shoot a competition would probably be helpful for me because it'd be, you know, both humbling and a learning experience. Right. So and he's trying to get me to come out all the time. So I probably I'll will be on you too. there's street. two different animals, but but there are some things that you can take away from and add to each other. Go ahead. What were you going to say? You're laughing at me. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I'll jump on that bandwagon, too. Why don't you come down and shoot with me? We do it about once a month. Do you really? Yep. What are you shooting? I just shoot action pistol right now. I, I do want to do three gun, but I'll let you know when the next one's coming. All right. Let me give you some thought. If I'm not running classes, because I'm going to tell you, I am this you year, first part of the year, year I, am, I am booked through March already. So, really? yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll make some time. We'll figure it out. 
So I was working with a group of three kids and we were working on a wrist grab and how to get out of it. So mm-hmm. obviously it, not, not guns. No, empty hand. <laughs> um, and I kept going through it with them. And then once they got down with the strength that I had on their wrist, I'd amped it up a little more, a little more. And then uh, one of the kids said that their wrist was hurting. I said, okay. So I let them. You signed a waiver. No, (laughs) no. I said, okay. Then I set them off to not in the line anymore and let the other kids go through. And then she kept complaining about her wrist still. Then she kept complaining because she wasn't in line and wanted to go, but her wrist was hurting. So I honestly didn't know what to do about it. So when dad came, because she was still, her wrist was still hurting, he tried to explain to her why I was grabbing on so hard. Yeah. So I had to come in and get the speech of, listen, she is giving you and, and trying to cause you a little bit of stress here to help make you better for if a real situation happens. Right. Right. The thing about the stress thing and, and, and everything else, it goes across all spans of self-defense. So it does. Yeah. And I say, if, if she's constantly just being super nice to you and letting you get out of it, then you will never actually learn how to do it. It's like the black belt mills, you know, come, <laughs> come, come study with us and you're, you'll be six years old in a black belt in six months. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that's a mill. That's not yeah. teaching you anything. Yeah. All right. Well, as much as I hate it, I think we're going to have to wrap this up. Jada has. Did we even talk about what you wanted to talk about or did I take us off topic again? No, no, we were great. Okay. Um, But Jada has a a private lesson here in about 12 minutes. So, well, we should wrap it up then. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so very much for listening. Uh, Don't forget to visit the links in the description. Uh, If you want to cert pistol, go over to cert pistol, cert pistol. (laughs) CertPistol.com, S-I-R-T Pistol.com. Use the Impact Defense coupon code, get you 10% off. And uh, hope you guys have enjoyed this. We are definitely going to have Tim back. I can see him being one of our regular guests in the podcast. And I hope you're okay with that, sir. I'm good. Awesome. All right, guys, we will see you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you would like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefense.online. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.